0: friends, and welcome to UFO Mod Pod. I'm Jason McClellan. And I'm Ryan Sprague. And we are live at the International UFO Congress 2017. We are at the Awards Banquet Night. This is Saturday night. I don't even know what the date is. It's like February... Is it
1: 20-something? 17. I, yeah.
0: I don't know what it is, but whatever. Yeah. No, it's the uh, Awards Night. We've been drinking, uh, clearly, and that's how it should be. It's a celebration night, an award night, and we're going to sneak attack some of the many people who are here tonight in attendance at this event. Um, yeah, so let's go see who we can find to talk to and uh, embarrass and ask interesting questions. So the first person we are torturing with our sneak attack question is the most fantastic woman here, Miss Erica Lukes. Erica. How are you enjoying yourself?
2: You know what, this is such a great event. I love it, I love seeing my friends, I love hearing the research, and I think it's. It, I've had a wonderful time. It's come by too quickly.
0: That's awesome. No, it's, it's totally a social event, and that's what we always tell people, that these things, like, the primary focus of these events, for people who want to spend the money and the time to come to these events, it is for the social aspect. It's to physically meet people, to have the discussions, The lectures are fantastic, but, you know, those are things that you can get on DVD, you know, and things that you can read online and buy books and, uh, you know, everywhere the researchers are putting out their work. But the social component here is something you can't get anywhere else.
2: No, and you're absolutely right. I think it's really special because we spend so much of our time dealing with our families or our jobs and and different aspects of our lives and we don't have people to really discuss this with. And it's hard for us, I think, on our psyche. And so when we get into a community where we can talk about this freely, which we should all be able to do, you know, I mean, then it, it's really liberating and empowering, and it's a, it's healthy for us.
0: Very cool. And you are somebody who, uh, you know, I have tremendous respect for and think that uh, we are very much alike in our, in our thought processes with this field and the research involved in it. And so... In our last episode of UFO Mod Pod, we talked about UFO conferences in general a little bit and talked about some of the uh, pros and cons of some of the the UFO conferences out there and a little bit of talk about what the ideal UFO conference would be, what we would like to see going forward and something that could be put together. And I know this is something you think about. So just kind of off the cuff, what would you have to say about what would you like to see in UFO conferences going forward, something that uh, comes to mind when you think of the ideal UFO conference. You
2: know, when I think of the ideal UFO conference, I mean, I, first of all, I think we need to totally step away and redo the way we're, we're dealing with this subject. This isn't, um, this isn't a fly-by-night kind of, this shouldn't be a social gathering as much as it is, and that's important, but this should be about serious research, this should be about empowering the scientific community and trying to get them involved in academia worldwide. I mean this is this is a very serious problem. We need to view this as a tactical problem and instead of approaching this as a kind of fun and games thing, we need to get our research on and we need to take it seriously and so to me, to have people like Professor Erling Strand, to have people, if we could get Dr. Massimo Teodorani over here, who is an Italian astrophysicist. I mean, these are the people that make significant contributions worldwide. And for whatever reason, people in America and people in large organizations don't even know who these people are. And that is shameful. So we, we've got to switch it up. We've got to think outside the box. and. We need to be done with this kind of uh, lower-level political nonsense, and we need to we need to get some good stuff going on. And now we've got a younger generation, who I'm looking at right here, Ryan, yeah, Jason, and stuff. And I mean, we we will remember the good work of, of people like Barry Greenwood and Jan Aldrich. We're going to carry that on. They mentor us, and it, it's time for change, and it's going to happen pretty much today.
0: That's awesome. Well, we will leave you alone and let you get back to parting because that's what tonight is all about. But Erica, thank you. It's always wonderful talking to you, and we'll talk soon. Now we're going to sneak attack Ben Hansen. Ben, tell us a little about
1: what, what you covered in your talk this year. Now, this is co- sort of unlike what we've seen you do before. Um, and I had so many people come into the vendor hall and talk about um, how much they enjoyed what you did this year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a little bit about what you talked
3: about. Cool, thanks. Yeah, we had a little bit of, like, a rally going on there with the crowd. <laughs> we yeah, started talking to people. I told, yeah, I said, I'm not advocating uh, going to the streets here, but um, my ending was was kind of building up to the fact that, um, you know, there's been so much media coverage in the past, like, three years that the media is finally starting to take notice. Uh, we had the, uh, politi- the uh, presidential campaign going on. Uh, coming off of Obama making several comments about aliens and UFOs, and then before that, Bill Clinton. And why? What's all? You know, who is uh, instigating all this? And it's kind of a, a, a mystery. But you know, we've had so many um, interviews been done by Jimmy Kimmel. And so what I did is, is uh, took those interviews and different talk shows and kind of broke them apart, trying to see what's going on uh, behind the scenes and um, kind of determining maybe um, from their body language and what's not actually being said with the words and sometimes with the actual words what it all means. And, uh, yeah, it uh, I don't know. The conclusion for me is I think um, something, for the most part, is kind of stressing, you know, um, especially Bill Clinton and, o- and Obama, perhaps. The subject is uncomfortable for them. Uh, for Hillary, she's definitely interested. But at the end of the day, um, I don't know, I guess... My ending conclusion is I don't know that we have enough leverage to make anything happen as of yet. There's just not enough of a political movement per se, if there are secret keepers to make them come forward with the truth.
1: Now, do you? Is it a case-to-case basis you think with each of these individuals when it comes to this topic, of how much I guess maybe personal interest they have versus what they're allowed to say in a professional political atmosphere? If that makes any sense? I mean. You have someone like Clinton, who clearly had a huge interest in the topic beforehand, and maybe Obama didn't. Um, do you think that that has any any uh, leverage in terms of how much they may say to the public on the topic? That's
3: actually a good question. Um, I think at the end of the day, if, if you look at all the presidents who have said they had an interest and said they're getting the bottom of it, they all pretty much ended up in the same place. I mean. Carter, and everything that he talked about he was going to disclose and release, ended up saying, you know, you could count the number of times he mentioned it, you know, probably in one hand. Um, And, uh, you know, the Clintons were very interested, and they're still very interested in it, yet they claim they learned nothing. You know, so, I don't know, yeah. I I don't know that it really matters the amount of interest you show. I I don't personally think that there is a book of secrets per se that presidents are given and, and let's say Trump, even though he hasn't shown publicly an interest in it, I don't think he's going to be debriefed on that, you know? So it, it might make a bit of difference if they try to go find the answers, but in the end they all claim that they know nothing. So yeah, I don't know.
1: It's a sobering thing to think about
0: for sure, but uh, that's
1: the reality of it, I guess, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: So, Ben, you've uh, been to a lot of UFO conferences now and a lot of uh, just differing conferences. And this is obviously the largest UFO conference in the world. Uh, But if it were up to you, if you could uh, have the dream, ideal UFO conference, if there's something that comes to mind, like what would that conference look like? What would be different from conferences you've been to? Um, in terms of, I don't know, I guess anything. Like, what would make the ideal UFO conference, in your opinion, going forward
3: to change things for the better? Uh, three things, I guess. Number one is the uh, participation. There needs to be, uh, you know, 100 times as many people, you know, that show an interest. This is a, a huge and important topic. So, along with that, number two, we need more youth involved. I've had a couple um, event producers come to me and want to do uh, an event attracting millennials, right? And the problem is, not to disparage the the youth today, but, like, they all have ADHD, you know? And it's so hard to keep their attention without entertaining. And not all of this is entertaining. I find it interesting, but that's different. You know, we're not here to entertain people. We're here to transmit knowledge and... Um, that's really hard when none of these guys will pick up a book to read. It's all pop culture they know about, you know. So I'm really worried about the future of ufology because we have um, a lot of the people that were writing about Roswell and things getting older. There's no one to carry that torch now of what's known, you know. So that's the second thing. And then um, third. Um, I would like to see, uh, although I love, uh, Open Minds really does have open minds, the people here that come here. I would like to see a better demographic of people who actually put their speakers and the researchers to task and question. You know, And I'm not pr- talking about any particular speaker, but just saying, look, make us do our job as if I was presenting at a college, which I do also you know but let's get the research down and don't just believe everything just because you're on board with the idea right and um the person speaking you know yeah i mean in that sense we're going to have a better uh reach to academia at large it's going to be more accepted it's going to be peer reviewed it's going to be done to the standard you know that uh the scientific community hopefully will at least take a, a closer look at it very cool thank you ben you're welcome
0: All right, we're going to sneak attack now. Sneak My attack, get good on with me. My friend, Danny Torgerson. Danny has been volunteering at the International UFO Congress for, what, five years now? I think this is year five. Number five, and uh, you are a man of many talents and somebody I've known for a very long time, somebody I have tremendous respect for, and you've watched this thing kind of develop over the years, so I guess I would love to hear your opinion of how this thing has transformed over the years. And if it hasn't, feel free to say so if it's been stagnant. But uh, you've you've had a good kind of outsider view looking in and being involved in it. So how do you think it's transformed over the years? I feel like we're refining
5: the mission. Every year it becomes more clear what's real, what's not, what's most important. I feel like that the passion is getting stronger every time. I especially feel more convinced every year, like I'm sure everyone else that attends does. And I think in that confidence, we're able hopefully to bring even more people and have them,
0: you know, allow them to have the same experience. Being somebody who's incredibly passionate about this and somebody who's been behind the scenes and helping making this happen, um, if you could change something, if you could uh, have your way and have your own UFO conference, what would you change? I would be much more provocative on the internet in terms of you know, getting the word out,
5: or just getting attention. You know, I feel like this subject is captivating to lots of people of all ages, of all sizes, all races, all colors, all demographics. And all you really need is to light the fire, you know? You gotta fan the fire. And I think the way to do that is through the internet. You know, that's how a lot of these people woke up in the first place. A lot of my friends woke up through the internet. I think a lot of the older people that are here, they came here because they were reading books, you know. They were reading, they were hitting the library, <laughs> all right. And and they were you know
0: they were seeking out that seeking out that information. Yeah. Well, you say internet, and that's like a magic thing. But how? How internet? Like, how do you do that? How do you use the internet to light that fire? Social media, hit it hard, put a bunch of money on it,
5: make everybody see it, make everybody know that there's not only a party going down over here but we're forging the way to the truth because it's not being handed to us. And it has to do as much with like coming together and becoming a family and becoming movement as it does just getting excited. And I think that it's doable. I think the subject is obviously exciting enough. People are interested enough. All it needs is that extra little dash of hot sauce, and I think it's coming.
0: Well, you as mentioned as hot, I'm here. you mentioned hot sauce, so dude, if you ever get the money, I want to come to your UFO conference.
1: <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's do it, you and me. As long as Rogue Planet gets free admission. <laughs> All
0: right, the next person we're going to sneak attack is our friend James Fox. James, it's fantastic to see you, and we will quickly ask you some questions, not take up too much of your time. But uh, we had some people ask us, and uh, we certainly did not see your presentation, so we don't know the answer to this. But uh, what is the status of your 701 project?
6: I, uh, We filmed 80 to 85% of 701. And this is the first time I've actually delved into Close Encounters of the Third Kind because I felt it was kind of important to try to establish the fact among mainstream media that, that there might be a possibility that structured craft of unknown origin are or whizzing around with impunity in our airspace, prior to saying, well, they're, clearly they're under intelligent control, but then to take it a step further and have the occupants exit and allegedly interact with people on the ground, uh, yeah, is, uh, is, is is a is a big step. So I've held off for 20 years in doing a film that includes close encounters, so-called close encounters of the third kind. Yeah. So in any case, so we filmed about uh, 85% of it. I became a dad, ran out of money, uh, spent a couple years with my son, and now I've opened it back up again, and uh, I got some funding, and I'm at uh, full speed ahead with the project.
0: That's so, fantastic! Yeah. That's so exciting
6: to hear. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm quite. It, 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 it. Sometimes it takes, you know, time these things. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had to take a little time off, and I actually had a lot of time to think about. Where I the direction I wanted to go yeah. some of the challenges that were facing us I feel like you can't just introduce a close encounter of the third kind without um, building your case so that's going to be one of the big challenges so I'm, I'm working with some people to write a script ahead of time which I've never done before I usually write the script as I go along yeah so uh, it's, you know it's a, hopefully it's a pretty exciting time we've had a lull in the UFO community since 2008 2009 whatever so let's hope that we pick that back up again.
0: That's so exciting yeah. to hear, and won't take any more of your time. I just had to ask you one more very important question: oh. What is your absolute favorite cocktail?
6: I, you know, lately I've been enjoying Manhattans. Manhattans. I have been, it's been yeah. It's uh, a Manhattans. Classic drink. Manhattan with makers. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I approve. We approve. Why? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> All right, the next person we're going to sneak attack is Mr. Alejandro Rojas, been the MC here at the International UFO Congress. Alejandro, you've been doing this for... So for the Congress, this is what? Is this your seventh year?
4: Well, let's see. I think this is the uh, sixth year that we've ran the Congress. But my fifth year emceeing because... Lee Spiegel did it one year. That's right. Oh, Mr. Lee. That's so funny. So, Honorable Lee Spiegel. That goes well together, doesn't it? Honorable Lee Spiegel.
0: I think he agrees with that for sure. Yeah. All right. So you've seen this conference kind of evolve over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so does anything stand out to you as having, I don't know, I guess just anything stand out is like showing an evolution. How has the
4: conference changed over the years? or has it stayed the same? I don't know, and I would like to hear what you think, because you were there for so much of it. Um, that's one big change. You're not being involved, which is a, no. a bummer. We miss you. But otherwise, um, I think that you know when we all first started it in 2011, that uh, most of what we've done has continued. Um, you know, things work a little better because we, we, with more practice, so it goes kind of more smoothly. And although it goes like clockwork these days, um, I think that uh, um, it's, it's not because we don't rest on our laurels. You know, we still pay attention to the day-by-day day and the second-by-second second of what's going on. So uh, we've had also this, what has changed is kind of the behind-the-scenes, this evolution of, of people who have come to help. And we've been so lucky with the people who have been to help. Of course, Ryan was an amazing help. Uh, and some of the new people that we have this year, uh, the mostly two couples, the Beaulieu's and the Rob's, who are some locals, they're just like you are, Ryan. You know they want to jump in. They want to help wherever they can. They have an enthusiasm for the field and, and for helping people and we've just been so lucky that way that that's why i think we continue to be successful
0: yeah and you know from from my view like as as you know there there are limitations when it comes to this event and and the location of the event yeah like, it can only be as big as it can be. Yeah. There's only so much room. Uh, but the conference here does a great job with that. There's this constant flow of people coming in and out. So yeah. despite those limitations, you know, it continues to be large every year. So, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's this established thing that gets better with age. And, yeah. you know, you guys do a good job of, of doing that mm-hmm. and, and ironing out all the issues every year. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see. But for, from someone who is is deeply involved in it and on the stage, uh, you know every day through this conference, if it were passed to you, if you were given the opportunity to have the money, have the funding, have your own conference, is there anything that you see? with your experience that you would change what would your ideal conf- ufo conference be if you had all the resources in the world and you could change things that you wanted to change to your way
4: well i think the biggest thing is what you touched upon is that you know the the size because you were with me when we found this venue and and when we did that we knew it could handle the types of crowds that they got in laughlin before Um, But we didn't know how many of those people would come and and if it would grow. And luckily we found out that, you know, we had more people than ever. I mean, we we immediately maxed out. Um, And I'm a bit torn. I mean, if it were me, I really would probably move it to Vegas, a bigger venue, because I think uh, it would be good to get more people and see how big we could get. Because I think that helps the community overall. At the same time, our owner, John Rayo, and most of the people who come to the conference love this venue because it's a beautiful hotel. You know, someone was just saying that they were looking into the prices, and their rooms are over $300 normally, but you get them for, like, barely over $100, you know, during the conference, the break they give us. They're really nice. They love us. They always want us to come back every year, and it is gorgeous. The desert's gorgeous here. Um, the venue is really high class, and I don't think we would be able to get this uh, level of, of class in Vegas. But we would get the, the bigger numbers, and, and I think that would be more beneficial for the community because um, then they would have, you know, this big kind of, um, uh, you know, focus. Uh, from mainstream and uh, it would just be it, it would get more attention and I think even further do what we wanted to do in the first place and bring this topic out of the dark and make it a serious thing so so that's what I would do if it was all me and maybe we'll do that in the future but in the meantime doing it here and doing it the way we do is a lot of fun and it and it is fruit it is uh rewarding um so yeah (laughs) Yep, I'm with you, brother. Congratulations on another
0: successful year. Thank you. And we'll do it again soon.
4: Yeah, thank you so much. And it's great that you guys are involved, and I hope you're involved for as long as I am.